0: Hey guys, Tyler Tate from Hollow Front here, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire.
1: All right, everyone, I'm going to welcome you all back to a new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, here, as always, and today I have the honor of speaking with the talented frontman and Tyler Tate. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today, man. You know, this is definitely... An exciting time of the year for you and the rest of the guys over at Hall of Front with the drop of your highly anticipated album, The Peace, The Price of Dreaming. Can't even think today because I'm so excited. Uh such release May 27th via UNFD. You know, Tyler, I want to start things off, you know, by commending you on all the well-deserved recognition this has been getting so far. Shout out to uh, what is it? Serious Octane, you know, full metal jackie, triple M distortion to name a few who have been praising your work over the years, not just now, but so much to discover about this release and what you're all about. But before we get to all that, man, I know we kind of just we talked about a lot before the interview started. You know, let's take it back to basics with a question that means a lot these days. How are you? <laughs> How has 2022 been like? What's life in Michigan? I don't know if you're in Michigan right now, but
0: uh... <laughs> I am. It's a little chilly today. Well, it's been pretty nice the last couple of days. We yeah, had kind of chilly, yeah. um, you know, I mean. If that's a really hard question to be honest like it's like i'm great like i'm i'm yeah. like i feel good obviously like the band has been through a lot of stuff in like the last like month and a half um with the tour that we just got off of and things that happened on the tour and so i mean i'm mentally i'm good physically i'm great yeah. you know i'm just i'm excited for the new album to finally come out because it's been something that we've been sitting on for like over a year because We finished it last March of 2021, so it's it's just cool that it's finally like things are starting to be rolling, and uh, we don't have very much longer, which is exciting.
1: Yeah, and uh, let me tell you this: I did I couldn't stop hearing uh, the price of dreaming when they sent it to me. It's that is a thing of beauty. I'm gonna get to that album in a second because it is, I mean, talk about album of the year contenders. You guys are already lining up, lining yourselves up for that. I want to wind the clock back, Tyler, to 2016 okay maybe even before that because for fans and listeners who may not know i've been following you guys but you know you guys are from grand rapids if you could just briefly you know talk about that defining moment in your life that led to the inception of hollow front with you dakota lee devin and brandon and what it is today i mean you guys have been on quite the journey bro how did you five come together in the end and realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life
0: so originally Um, I'm the only original member left like all the other band members have come in over the years um Lee I guess Lee is technically the newest member newest I say newest (laughs) but he was really there from the beginning he was just producing and helping us write um Hollow Front really started from uh probably the hardest time of my life I got a divorce um in 2016 I, I um got separated and was like kind of fell into like a deep dark depression
2: yeah
0: you know you know and I've always dealt with depression like and that's why like a lot of hollow music is is, it's focused around mental health and you know depression and stuff like that because I've dealt with that my whole life but that was like a point in my life where I was like the closest ever to like just throwing in the towel I think um, Mm -hmm. was just dark and I just was drinking a lot and doing whatever doing whatever i could to kind of numb that pain and everything but music i wasn't doing music at the time and i kind of was just floating through my newly single life uh single father and but like dealing with those demons and uh the old guitar player jordan he's like the original guitar player right. um he hit me up and was like start a band you know cuz i was on facebook and i was like i need a hobby i'm so like you know every other week I had my kids and then I'd have a week of basically just coming home and drinking myself until I went to sleep you know it was just like it wasn't being like good to myself um, I was I was punishing myself for things that really weren't my fault um, so I you know the band I was just like you know what? I don't want to do music and they, they convinced me to come out and you know it, it, it sounded good it wasn't like anything crazy like unique or like you know it wasn't something that was gonna like that i at least at the time was like yeah this ain't really gonna it'll be fun you know it'll be a fun escape from my from my uh my sadness so that's kind of like how the band started and and how the lyrics came to be like homewrecker if anybody listens to homewrecker that's literally an entire ep about my ex-wife um and you know we're cool now we're cool now like i actually lived with them with her she got remarried and i live with them and with my kids and we're all like a super close knit family and they're super supportive of hollow front and you know and, and and i met lee at a party and i knew he like recorded bands he was just starting and i heard like a mix he did of a cover of a volumes cover he did and he's like i was like this sounds super good man like and at the time like i'd always been in i'd been in 11 bands prior and like all the music that we've ever recorded sounded like shit and it was just you know it wasn't like you know this this just felt like things were kind of falling into place and i wasn't taking it serious at all it wasn't going to be like a i was like there's no good, there's no touring going to happen there's no there's no like super serious we're just going to have fun with it and we're going to play local shows and but things kind of went obviously the opposite way yeah I didn't really get a choice the internet kind of found it and was like we love this and all right so I guess I was like all right well the 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 reception of it was so positive I was like I had that that fire in me kind of like like you know happen again like it kind of like exploded inside of me I was like Cause i've always been the person in the bands i was like i want to make it i want to be mm-hmm. you know like on tour with my favorite bands and i want to see the world and i want to write music that that means something to me but i never had like i guess it was just like I, either the music wasn't there or the opportunity the band members yeah or the yeah the opportunity or the band yeah. members weren't like as serious about it so i kind of like got old it got old for me so i stopped doing music altogether. But when I saw Hollow Front was getting like recognition and it, you know, it, it just really like uh, got me to that point again where I was like, all right, I'm hungry. And I just kept it going. And yeah, we lost members along the way. You know, about two years into the band is kind of when Dakota joined mm-hmm. um, and Brandon joined not too long after that. And then in like another six, seven months, we got Devin. And then Lee has always been there. Lee and me, we've been writing Hollow Front from the beginning. Um, because like I said, if it wasn't for Lee Holofront would have died because, yeah, because our second EP still life, we went in there and all the band members were kind of just like, I don't have anything. And I'm Lee's like, all right, give me that guitar. And then he's like, wow, you know, I wrote don't fall asleep and all those songs. And, and I knew right then I was like, okay, as long as me and Lee are a part of this, like, it's going to be good. And luckily Lee had all the connections with Dakota from being in a, a local band called Alain Batal he knew he knew Dakota and we were lucky enough to to uh you know steal him you know not stealing from that band because he still does that <laughs> stuff but we were lucky enough to acquire him and um that kind of like really set the motion of what the future of Hollow Front was going to be with his singing voice and just the uh, more melodic and yeah I love heavy music uh but I've We've always, I've been trying to stray further away from that and more get into more melodic and more, um, I guess, more the metalcore side of it, and not really like the, the heavy heavy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean that's yeah in a short in a in, in a short but long winded way that's kind of how Hollow uh, has gotten to where it is now.
1: You're talking about the heavy heavy stuff. The, I found a lot of that on this record. Okay, so and shout out to shout out to Lee for you know for being there you know for for making this all happen you know it's it's yep. always it's nice to have that it, it's nice to have that person who actually shares the same passion as you and now you have a whole group of individuals with you doing that you're talking about yeah. traveling the world touring with your favorite bands bro you're doing it you know it's it's really right. it's really an amazing thing to see when you're actually visualizing the results and they're actually coming up and and, I, and i'm seeing that for you guys And it's really cool to hear about that story, what you just told me, Tyler. I was wondering, like, what what bands were you listening to at the time that maybe have provided an influence? Like, as you're thinking, like, should I do this? Should I didn't do this? Okay, we're getting recognition. Now we should probably pick it up. Uh, Is there any, like, any other bands at that time you were listening to? Like, what influenced you to be the vocalist you are today, you know? I that's a very loaded question, but I feel Mm. like there's, I feel like, your catalog would probably go pretty deep as far as that is concerned
0: as far as like what i was listening to at the time i was kind of like behind i feel like because I, like, I feel like i feel like you threw me
1: like throwing like a screwball or something like some some like contemporary singer songwriter that you're listening to not even metal related <laughs> is I mean, it is i, it do, something I like
0: that? to that kind of mi- no yeah. not. <laughs> i was just like i've always been the type of person that i'm a little stuck in my past i think you know with music yeah. like a lot of kill switch a lot of like those like Dude. early 2000s Same. like metalcore bands and i you know in, like a lot of 90s music i listen to a lot of 90s but still to this day like in like new metal like late late 90s to early 2000s new metal
1: i feel like new metal is um, making a comeback too especially within the last like five years i don't know if you've seen it I mean, maybe it's just me but it's it's a lot more of me, a prominent ne- for me it now. never went
0: away it never went away yeah. for me um, I grew whatnot. up listening
1: to like Corn and like uh, System yep. of a Down, like back in the, yep. what, what are the new metal bands? Uh, Machine Head when they released uh, what is it the yep. the Burning Red that was that came out that was a that like, came out of left blackening
0: field. or something like that. I, I think love the blackening that is a
1: great so, album. Anyway,
0: <laughs> very you know, but during this time I think I was listening to a lot of Era. The Drift album had just mm-hmm. come out. Yep. I was listening to that. I was listening to a lot of Sad Boy music because I was sad. <laughs> Um, and then I kind of like, when I, when, when HoloFront started, I was like, well, I need to start listening to more of the kind of music that we're writing, like that mm-hmm. kind of like heavy metal core with like a little bit of death core influence. And that honestly, and we just got off tour with them. I started listening to Fit for a King. Um, I listened to creation destruction and I was like, wow, this is like, this is like kind of what, kind of what we were, you know, what we were doing, but not exactly, you know, we're doing our own thing with it, but
2: Mm-hmm. and we didn't
0: have as much clean we didn't have any clean singing back then but it was like that wage war like with just like drop the river so i was like listening to like them a lot and i was just trying to get reacquainted with what was happening in metalcore um and not like living in 2005 which is you know <laughs> what what i was doing and
1: i don't mind doing that from time to time i'm very sentimental when it comes to like that when it comes oh, to like yeah, things I like mean, that i look back on those years a lot maybe that's a bad thing <laughs> That's just a sign of where I'm getting old, man. So I I like to live back and like, oh man, 2005. That was such a great year. Uh, Star Wars episode three came out, something like that, you know.
0: Yeah, that was that was yeah, that was the that was the Star Wars that saved that trilogy, you know.
1: (laughs) I thank you so much for saying
0: that. I say that all the time.
1: (laughs) You may be the only other person who said that. I don't think my brother even agrees with me.
0: (laughs) Come on, talking about Star Wars forever, but (laughs) awful. But Revenge of the Sith
1: that's great. a great movie that's my favorite one I'm actually going through the movies again man uh, <laughs> I'm on episode two right now but we'll save that for the end dude because I feel like we're uh, going to talk about we're going to have this whole like this separate episode which is Star Wars and then wings <laughs> let's do that
0: you know, yeah, I, you know I'm nerdy so I have a lot of like like nerdy interests like that Um, but I yeah so with Hollow Front um, shit now we got off topic yeah, yeah, see that's um, how it goes it. But
1: that's good that, may, that, that means that's see, how it yeah, goes this it's a natural I... conversation man all we need is like like a, like a, we need to like have like barbecue and like some drinks or something like that. And then like have like a chat. That's how it goes.
0: Okay. I, I remember what I was going to say now. Um, so with it King, which is pretty funny because not long after that, you know, Ryan Kirby reached out to us and was like, Hey, it was in an email. So yeah. like super formal, but it was, it just felt so not true to me. I was like, this, this isn't Ryan Kirby, you know, like how was the why is this guy reaching out to us? We're a no name band, <laughs> but he's like, Hey, I heard you guys on I think it was like Reddit or something. He found us and he's like, You guys are really good. And I was like, I think you guys could be something really big in the scene. And he's like, I want to manage you. So I was like, Bro. At first, I was like, Somebody's like straight fucking with us right now. <laughs> um, but ended up like actually being him. And that was three years ago, you know, we started working with Ryan and you know, things really started to take off for us because we had somebody in the scene that was fighting for us you know like like I'm sure that if, if Ryan hadn't come along we'd be you know still trying to get where we are today and mm-hmm. like I thank him like eternally for reaching out because he never managed any bands before he he has us and now he has another band called Memorist they're from the UK yep but um he you know he took a chance and kind of set into motion. Everything that happened for us, you know, now it's three years later, and we just toured with them, and it was, you know, that that to me was like a dream come true. Because like when Front started, Pepper King became like a big part of my life, even before he was managing. You know, it's just like I like this music, man. I like the the intensity and like the just like the the sound that they had was something that I I wanted to encompass within our music. And now it's a little, you know, we're not trying that to do that anymore. Yeah. But early hollow front stuff is very like early fit for a king, you know, early wage war, you know, inspired.
1: Yeah, and uh, shout out to Ryan. So obviously, fit for a king, they're local favorites here in Dallas. So uh, we love them to death. And we just covered fit for a king with ABR, I believe. I think it was December, and we also covered wage war last month here in IUF when they were with Not Best. And happy for those guys also you know they you guys along with wage dude. war that was a dude that was a weird ins- like the crowd in you know, wage war open and then in this moment slipknot you know that's like three different like subgenres of metal but man when wage war got up i was going batshit crazy i, I don't know if people knew who they were but now they're actually gaining the recognition they finally deserve along with you guys as well yeah. it's it's really cool to see almost like a revitalization of the metalcore movement so to speak You know, it's. I feel like that genre can get watered down over the years, but man, what volumes just released an album last year? And now you guys are doing what you're doing. ABR is recording their tenth album, I believe, as as we're speaking. You know, um, I want to get to the music, but I, I, you know, the tour that you did with Fit for a King, right? That's a big one. Life as of late, right, Tyler? Many of us are finally beginning to return to the state setting, obviously, fans and musicians alike, after Mm -hmm. what we've seen. But man, I'm looking at Hollow Fronts activity since last fall leading up to what's happening this summer alongside the album's release you know think about this you guys not only wrapped up a tour with with fit for a king with silent planet avoid you guys performed with we came that came as romans devil wears prada day seeker now you have this upcoming tour again with you know abr we came as romans again and then uh, Void, Void Void vision you know, tell me what you feel when you see something like this unfold for a band like Hollow Front, you know, from where you were two years ago, where we all were two years ago, yeah, to, where, to are, where you are now. Would you say you have a newfound, I don't know, like a newfound appreciation of the live concert experience now, as opposed to where it was two years ago? I mean,
0: definitely, you know, life has changed for us in the blink. It, you know, even though it was two years, it felt like a blink of an eye.
1: Somehow you know, we aged two bl- years. <laughs>
0: somehow (laughs) yeah yeah like when the pandemic happened we were still doing like local i mean not like they were just like diy tours with smaller Mm -hmm. bands and and we were getting to that point where we were starting to work with bigger bands like but not like the size we are now you know like kind of like that mid-range and we were start we were going to start doing tours that were were crazy to us at the time but like the the pandemic came in and killed the,
2: mm-hmm. every
0: tour that we had and luckily we had another album. you know we had Loose Threads which we were sitting on and that album really helped catapult us into that the eye of that main stage you know like group we got UNFD because of it we got our booking agents because of it and we got our our, our other manager Corey who a man just fit for a king he joined on our 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 team and like loose threads was like put out the most perfect time because of the pandemic everyone was chilling at home and it was just kind of like let's just drop this and see how it does you know we were scared because it's like it's the unknown you know but we took a chance and it helped us immensely and um going out and like and when the when the tours started to come like The thing is we had other tours booked that never got announced because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to announce them because they ended up getting canceled. So we spent two years being like, are we ever going to tour? You know, we worked this hard and we've gotten this much, we gotten this far and the recognition is there and we're starting to get these offers, but are we ever going to be able to actually go on the tour? And then we did, we came as Romans and it was very, very, Surreal and also weird because of all the COVID restrictions. Like, we couldn't talk to fans. We couldn't, um, like couldn't go to, to the merch table, go into
1: like each other's buses or anything like that. Kind of like, yep, can do that in a bubble, can, like, right?
0: Yeah. You're not really allowed to hang out with the other bands, like passing, you know, in passing. And sometimes me and us and Dayseeker shared a green room when it was big enough. But for the most part, we were the opening band. So we didn't get a green room if it was too small. So we were stuck in our bus and you know Mm -hmm. it was just a strange way to get introduced to that line of touring so even with fit for a king like it's been you know it was like six months after uh devil wears prada and we came as romans and like things have already started to calm down more so it's starting to feel like yeah how it used to feel and it's just it's very exciting because i'm i'm excited to tour when there's like no no worry of covid and just like being able to just go out and because like being able to go to the merch table and like meet fans and like all that shit is why we do this it's not just because we like playing for a full room of people we want to make connections and you know show people that we're just normal people and that we're not like egotistical or big-headed and we're not like trying to you know, during the week came as Romans, it sucked because there be people like, we want to meet. And I'm like, we absolutely can't. Like, we can yeah, say yeah, hi definitely.
1: from like a distance.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like 10, like, you know, six feet with masks on and stuff. And, you know, it, at, towards the end of the tour, they started to get a little more lax because the tour is almost over and they're, yeah. you know, they, they've accomplished what they've come to accomplish
1: this is the last day of the tour. Let's all go crazy. Cause they're going to send oh, us we, home anyway.
0: <laughs> we you, you know
1: what I'm saying? Like it's the last
0: day of the we tour. Were right, very come crazy. On over. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's still surreal to me. Like even the ABR, like it's just, it's, you know, you understand when you're there, you're there, but at the same time, it's just like, how am I here?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: How, how did I get here? When so many other people are still trying. And I was one of those people a few years ago. And it's just like, it's a it's a it's it's a lot of luck man and it you know it's luck and mixed with talent mixed with who Hard you know work. you guys worked for
1: where you wanted to get today let me remind you
0: yeah okay I, I i agree 100 mm-hmm. percent. it's you know we just we're able to get in front of the right people um and that really is what helped us get to where we are and where we're going you know i we don't have anything booked after abr so i don't know what's coming after that i'm hoping something bigger you know every tour gets bigger and bigger and it's like i just want i want that slipknot not fit <laughs> opening spot give me you know because slipknot like Corey taylor is definitely the reason i became a front man um wow i would love yeah. to tour with with Corey taylor even if i never got to meet him just hey look so him i'm actually
1: so, so i'm friends with his wife alicia so we had her on our show and uh she's she's awesome so so who knows? I'm I'm going to put in a good word for you guys. All right. So I, I stay <laughs> in yeah. contact with them. So, um, but man, dude, don't worry about after the ABR tour. That's dude, that tour, I'm going to go. You probably see me go batshit crazy in Austin. I mean, um, it's a four hour drive, but it's going to be so worth it when you guys are there. I mean, enjoy that, you know, stay in the moment. Don't oh, worry yeah. about it in the future. So it looks like that's what you're doing. I got to ask, man, when you got back on the stage, did you ever have to get into that? Uh, I don't know about you, Tyler. Like it's like, Okay, I gotta figure out how to how to perform on the stage again. It's been so long. Did that ever creep in your head? It's like, okay, uh stage left, stage right, like like you know, when the first time you're back on the stage after the pandemic started.
0: Yeah. Or did you just, Luckily, kind of I'm just in pick
1: the... up where you left off? <laughs>
0: Luckily I'm in the center, so it's pretty easy to know where I'm at and where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, yes, it still feels that way. And I'm you know, I'm just like I don't want to say I'm like I'm I am a little awkward, you know, like so. And I'm not a great like public speaker. Um, conversations one-on-one are you know easy, but like when I'm on stage and I just like I just trip over my words sometimes, and I'm like ah that was dumb. So there's there's always that, and yeah, like getting there's always like the first couple shows of a tour where it's just like. Man, I don't know. I don't know if I'm ready for this. And then, like, you get just get better and better. Yeah, it's like, as did that just happen? On.
1: It's like, okay, now the fifth day, and then six days. All right, I got it. The got first, the
0: first ever show we played back from the pandemic wasn't on. We came as Romans. It was like a routing show, and it was yeah. in Cleveland at uh, the Foundry in Cleveland. And I got sick. Like, it wasn't COVID. Uh huh. We um, tested tested negative, but I got really sick. Like, flu or something. Like a twenty four hour bug Jeez. that hit me so hard. And that was my first show back was playing in like a fever dream, like on stage, like just being like, I just need to get through the set. I just need to get through the set. And it was terrible. Like I just like, and then they asked for an encore cause we were headlining and I'm like, no, no, no encore. <laughs> I was like, I'm literally going to barf. And then as soon as we were done, I went outside and puked, you know, it was just like, and then, you know, like, I was like, man, I hope I, you know, I was scared. Cause I was like, I have COVID just cause I, every, every, yeah. every illness. From yeah. That's what you coast, can't even you cough know? in
1: public now without, you know, without people looking Right, you. All right. It's, it's luckily it's I,
0: I was it wasn't COVID. I was fine the next day and like tested negative and all that. But that was, that was going into, we came as Romans and I'm like, yeah. did I, did I literally just kill this tour for us from, from being <laughs> sick? Like it was, it was so much stress and, Every little sniffle, every little cough was like, "Fuck, are we are we gonna be kicked off the tour?" And it was just like, luckily nothing. It wasn't like that, but it was just like it was just that old. Then impending. I'm,
1: I'm just thinking of you like coming around the corners. I'm all right, guys. <laughs> like the tour, yeah, yeah. Ma- like tour manager, whoever's there, they're like, "Is he okay? Are you okay?" It's like, no, I'm good. It's like good like there's, every, like, there's every like residue venue. hanging
0: out from your like mouth. He's like, no, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Every (laughs) venue was, every venue was checking our, you know, our, our passport, our vaccine passports. And, you know, like it was really strict on that tour. And then we get to this tour and only one single venue on the whole tour, even asked, which was, it was cool, man. It was like, all right, it's time to actually have fun. Um, Not to say, not to say we came as Romans wasn't fun because it was a blast. It was, it was our first introduction to like, actually touring like they gave you like you, they gave us water every day you know <laughs> that's cool like we had, we, you know we had like <laughs> the luxury's
1: going up a little bit
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean on that tour we definitely had luxury they were giving us like fruit trays because we had a rider you know yeah 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 and they you know and like it was like there was like catering at some places and i'm like i'm like holy shit like this is like the life um played my first house of blues which was amazing um you know, a lot of things on that tour were, it was surreal, and it felt like like it was weird because of mm-hmm. the COVID stuff, but it was, like, such a good introduction into the touring um, spectrum, you know, and then w- we got, you know, f- Fit for a King, and, like, it just was even better, you know, even though, like, I feel like, you know, I don't know how much you've heard, but we got into a terrible bus accident on that tour. Um,
1: no, and, like, this totalled- is... Used-
0: Holy shit. Yeah, yeah that, this is news it, to me. Yeah, we had like a GoFundMe and our merch guy got like severely injured and he had to be sent home in a plane. It was a week into the tour. Oh my and god. And I'm just
1: uh this yeah, was the yeah. this was the Silent Planet Fear for a King tour?
0: Yeah, it just happened yeah, this just happened. So so when I say like the tour was awesome, it was awesome, mm-hmm. but it was like so trying mentally and
1: do you still have everything the- Sorry, uh, I was gonna ask if you still had the GoFundMe up uh, if you uh, want to plug no. that in. Okay, okay. No,
0: We we we've we reached our goal and we you know we're not okay. greedy. We're not trying to, you know, uh, yeah. Is everybody like, okay? Uh yeah, our our merch guy Davy and he has to have surgery. Uh, oh, he's shoot. having surgery oh, on Monday.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but yeah, his so his so what happened was is we got like T boned um by like a I guess like a gravel truck like a dump truck
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it was in portland or not it wasn't in portland oregon but we were on our way to portland oregon we were like three hours away and yeah it just i came out of nowhere and you know it, it it was it was a big thing and it almost like you know i was like well we're done you know like the tour's over um but we were very fortunate to have like a good support system that like you know that that kept us on the tour because if we could have gave up and thrown in the towel, and in the moment right after it happened, it was like that's all it looked like it was going to happen. You know, it was it was scary, you know, because yeah. it was like we worked so hard, and and like not even like five days before that, I had a kidney stone and I had to miss the show in Lubbock. I had uh, luckily Benny from Avoid jumped up and kind of like did my parts, you know, Bro. as much as he could, and like it was just like that beginning that first week of that tour was just like we're cursed. Like, what did we, 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 like, I took a piss on an ancient Indian barrel ground somewhere out on the on the side of the road or something and didn't even know it. Or, you know, we, somebody has got some like voodoo dolls of us and are like poking at us. Hey,
1: I'm right, right the there with there. In a way, both of us got hit with vehicles. You get what I'm saying? In yeah, the last, yeah, like, yeah. Month. Holy it's, shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we're it's still here
1: life. talking about what we love doing.
0: That's, yeah, you know, that, I-
1: that's what makes it amazing.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and once we, you know, we missed two shows, um, you know, which sucked because nobody likes missing shows on a tour because, A, you're letting down fans that have been waiting to see you. So that's our first time over there, like in the Pacific Northwest region.
2: Yeah. And
0: we had to miss Portland and we had to miss uh, Boise, Idaho. And luckily, we're playing both of those places on the tour with ABR. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to make up for that. Um, but we got a new van um and then we played spokane on you know we played the rest of the tour and and honestly at the end of it it was like we did it you know it's like it would have been really easy for us to be like let's just go home cut our losses and we we stuck through it and we you know finished the tour which felt really good at the end to be like we can say we did that you know
1: it's it, it it really shows dedication to your craft what's your merch guy's name by the way tyler
0: his name's Davian. Um, he, yeah. the hardest working dude I've ever worked with on tour. He's such a good guy. And I feel like awful that he was the one that like, mm. you know, cause if the, if the bus would have got totaled and nobody would have got hurt, it would have been a hundred times better, but it was just like seeing your friend, like he was really hurt. Like, and you know, we had, he had to be rushed to the hospital in the ambulance and it was just like, it felt like a nightmare. And then once we got him back, we once we got him back from the hospital, we had to trek our way in a U-Haul, dragging our trailer, you know, another 300 miles or so, and it was just like, oh man, just the the morale was so low those those couple days, you know, yeah. And I have kids, you know, we you know I have kids, so I was just of like ter- terrified that you know, like, is what I'm doing worth like maybe dying, you know, and you know that that's just the norm. That's the, I think that's a normal thought to have right after something like that happens. I was you know? thinking
1: I was taking this I was thinking the same thing, dude. It's but like a week it, later. I'm like all yeah. right,
0: because yeah, we had to do our we ended up having to do our own merch the rest of the tour. Yeah. and I honestly think that was good for us to just because before we we'd been so used to the way we did it on We Came as Romans, where it was like the merch guy was at the table and we weren't at the table, you know, and. Mm-hmm that you lose a certain amount of connectivity with your fans when you're not you know making appearances at the merch table and signing things and and I I, once once he left and we were doing it ourselves I was like I loved it almost like
1: a blessing in disguise that allowed you to
0: yeah I think yeah I mean I you know I think you know what anything that you can take positivity from like whatever positive message you can get out of something is a blessing in disguise you know Mm -hmm. because we could have went that whole tour with nothing happening to us and would have been you know um it would have been just another tour and i think that that the accident really was like made us decide if we really wanted to do this or not in which we did you know it wasn't like you know it was all fun and games until that happened and then it's like this is real life you know look what happened to ghost inside and
1: i was just thinking about that too yeah
0: just like we were very lucky that davian only had like a torn ligament you know like it wasn't like he lost an arm or you know that would have been way worse and we're very fortunate that it wasn't a worse accident um but we were using that to like really kind of gauge what we Want to do, you know, like is is this something worth doing? And it it is, you know, like it's our dream. It's been my dream since I was eight, you know, to be like in a band and touring the world. And and now I'm finally getting to do it. Am I going to let a little thing like, you know, an accident stop me from pursuing that dream? And the answer is no. Like I'm, you know, we got back on the road, and yeah, every little bump and little swerve was like, oh shit, you know. Yeah, you have to like you have to. Yeah, you're
1: now like. Uh, almost like PTSD. You have to, like look back, like look around. like, okay, are we okay? Yes. All right. You're it's like, all right. Now we can start of, laughing. Yeah. You're um, hyper
0: aware of every pothole. You're hyper aware of every little like little jerk. You're that's why I drive like
1: grandpa on the highway.
0: You're hyper aware of somebody who takes a, a curve a little too fast. You're like, oh, yep. all right, slow down, yep. buddy. Yeah. That's, that's exactly that. how
1: it happens. I totally understand now. Anytime I'm walking now, I got to make sure I'm not. I don't want to get run over again because I don't think I can. I'm a small dude, Tyler, so I'm not gonna survive another one. I promise. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You you survived the one. You don't want to attempt to survive the, the truck.
1: Hit. Both of us survived. So shout out to us, man. Shout out to your merch guy, Davian. All, much love to him. Full recovery. Hopefully we get to meet him sometime in the future. Um we're
0: we're hoping he can we're hoping he can do the ABR, but you know, and I you know, yeah, I don't want to force long.
1: anything right now.
0: Yeah, I don't want to him to go out and hurt himself more. I want to make sure he's good. So he might, he might not make it to ABR, but he'll be with us in the future for sure. Because yeah, I'll tell you that, that when I tell you, like, there's, I've worked with people before, and he's like one of the best. And I, I think he, you know, he could do more than just merch. He's that smart. It's just right now he's doing merch. You know, he could tech. He could do yeah. sound if he put his mind to it. He's a smart guy. And I'm just glad he's okay because that could have made the situation so much worse. Um, but yeah, no, you know I, I I didn't really come into this thinking I would talk about the accident and all, but you know it, it's no it, that's it, it's all right fresh.
1: I'm glad that you shared it because it I mean, dude, tour stories, you know, it's it's
0: yeah.
1: it's something that's happening again, but you know it it also also gives a test to you guys mentally and emotionally to you know it, it's a test that's really what it is life comes at you when you really don't expect it the tour's going well you know and that happens you know i mean yeah. i mean i'm gonna put my example it was my birthday for example i'm going to see you guys i didn't get to see you guys because i was in the er so
2: right yeah, <laughs> two, you, yeah, two yeah, day,
1: two, dude two days later we decided we were supposed to cover gojira in oklahoma city and we're like do we want to do this We're like in our in our rooms, like we're just like laying down, like shouldn't move, like because we're so sore from the accident. The next day, we're like, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. We got up the next morning and we drove four hours to Oklahoma City to cover Gojira, one of my favorite bands, and it was, yeah, it it really tests you. Like, should we keep doing what we're doing? You know, when you have traumatic experiences like that, it is traumatic. It really hits you. It's it sticks with you for the rest of your life.
0: You know, mortality is fragile. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like.
1: It like, wasn't our it, time, like,
0: man. Yeah, it's our time. And, you know, the, the the show that we played at Spokane was the first show after the accident. And that's the first time I've ever cried on stage. Like, it was just, wow. it was beautiful, but also just, like, overwhelming. Like, the because everyone knew, everyone at that show knew about the accident, and they were just very supportive. And it just really, like, blew my mind, like, yeah. that this band that I started... You know, six years ago now, is, it means that much to people, you know, and it's just, it, it's still, it never gets old to hear and it, it still feels surreal. And I don't know when that feeling is ever going to go away. I kind of hope it doesn't because I feel like when that, that feeling of, uh, of of the surreal feeling goes away then you just kind of become like, oh, I'm touring again, you know, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. another tour. And I don't want to be like that. I want to keep that. No, I want to keep that like, I want to keep that passion for, for you know once it becomes a job and it's not fun anymore and you know i mean it is a job but um, yeah and there's points where it's not fun but like those things that you know we go through to get to the fun stuff is you know worth it
1: yeah and let's get to the fun stuff i know we i know we talked about a lot besides the music but uh let's see how much we can cover ground here because i gotta get to the music but because the price (laughs) of dream uh holy shit um, I've been listening to that nonstop since it was sent to me. This is your second album, all right, and this drops May 27th on UNFD. Let me repeat that real quick: second album, right, Tyler? Before we get into the nitty gritty of this record, because this is the follow up to 2020's debut, Loose Threads, which I felt like really put you guys on the map within the metal community. You know, I, I mean, if there's a blueprint for a de- debut, this serves as an, as an, as a great example for Loose Threads. I went back and heard that album and it has everything for not only a metalcore fan, but really any metal fan, you know, and here you are, mm-hmm. you know, new year, new album, new chapter, even for the band, you know, like I mentioned, you know, pressure. Was there any such thing as pressure for you, Tyler, when you decided to sit down and write again for a new album, because you got the debut album out the way. Right. And what's yeah. the, what's the term we hear so often that sophomore slump, right. Did that ever creep into your head? I mean, I'm sure oh, that yeah. thought alone had to sit with you too, right? Like now what?
0: I'm like and as if I haven't put you on
1: the spot already this interview. My, but no,
0: my <laughs> bandmates then know they know I'm like the most anxious person in the world.
1: Uh-huh.
0: I'm am i I'm a big worry wart and I'm just like yeah. I mean, we so we we did lose threads. We released it in June of 2020, and they were already booking time for us, like once we signed with UNFD. They were like, all right, we're booking for February. So it was like the album came out in June. We were going in February. So we had to write as many possible as many songs as possible. And yeah, it was very, very nerve wracking because it's like the pressure. It's like everyone really liked loose threads. And it's like, Well shit, how do we do that but better? Or we do like keep it not, you know, keep it like similar but different. You know, we wanted to still like grow. And we, but we wanted to keep that same, you know, that same energy that we brought to that album, but even amp it up even further. And that was kind of like what we talked about, you know, Um, we did wearing thin, which was like a, kind of like a single in between. And then we immediately started writing for this album and it was very quick. Um, You know, we spent like probably a month, you know, on and off you know, week, week here, week there writing like yeah. the instrumentals. And then, yeah, we were shipped off to Atrium Audio, which is in Pennsylvania, which was like, I don't know, like 10 hours away from where we live. And to meet these people we never met before, we know they did like Polaris and Era and like Mazda Flames and August Burns Red. And we, we know that they've worked with some amazing bands and, you know, I, I went into it being like, all right, this, this is something we have to like work extra hard you know and once we got there it was kind of like all firing on all cylinders and it didn't really feel like work you know it was like it was like we had the blueprint we had like the song structures down and all that and we didn't really change any like all the songs you hear like the instrumentals of those songs were written before we went there so nothing changed um except for maybe a few notes here and there but all all the vocals and all the lyrics and Besides treading water, was written in the studio. So we were there for thirty days, and we wrote twelve songs, eleven songs, uh, vocally, in thirty days, and we were recording vocals like every day. It was, it was crazy. Man, talk about we never time done crunch. that before. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was definitely like a expedited process. Um, and it was just, it was just. It was a lot different than what we'd done before because we had like schedule, like it was like, you know, nine in the morning to six at night, and um. But then after that, we would just be like eat dinner, write lyrics, and you know, hang out. And but when we were recording Loose Threads, me and me and Lee and we'd stay up to like, (laughs) fuck, we started writing Ghosted at like seven a.m. one day. It was just like we were been up all night and we just started writing Ghosted. That
1: that's usually when the magic happens, I think.
0: And, it, it, you know, it was just like, it was so so different, but so, so wanted. I think we wanted that, like that, we wanted it to feel different. And I think that's what helped the album feel different. Um, but while still staying like yeah. true to what we've, you know, established.
1: Yeah, uh, bro. So the songs, I self-sabotage and Changeling. Holy shit. My, I don't know how you did that within like that little amount of time that you were given was it 30 days but those songs are probably my favorites i'm not gonna go too much into them i don't want to spoil it but changeling thank you that was a record i that was a song i kept going back and listening to it over and over and over and it was just it was always something new i found within these songs i also felt like this album showed a different side to hollow front that fans may not see coming it's it's the same hollow front but with a new version of it you know i think you kind of explained it earlier but I, i think you ho- I hope you know that you one-up yourselves here, Tyler. You did Thank reach you. that goal. <laughs> You're talking about how are we going to one-up loose threads. You did that and then some, all right? So, and I, I want to ask about this because, you know, between writing and then structuring the songs and then the production process, I want you to keep all this in mind as I'm asking you because this part, I feel like it's very important to you. You know, the lyricism throughout this album, I feel like the bulk of it centers around, you know, personal losses, know relationship breakdowns and struggling mentally you know you have a song like comatose which is about battling depression right Right. and you know while living in the hopeless this and it pertains to the pandemic because it was it was a fucking nightmare for all of us you know getting through that and then you have a song like heritage which i think that may be the heaviest song on the album um but it's always it's between heritage and changing those two songs i feel like complement each other perfectly because it's one after the other uh and i love the message of this song heritage and i i don't know who said it in that in the band i think it was you if anyone claims their heritage allows for hate to thrive and violence against a targeted group of people to be inconsequential then this song is for them like i'm like man i was actually
0: dakota i will say okay i've i've let i've let the you know and i'll I will preface by saying I'm a white male. I have, I I acknowledge I have a privilege that, you know, hmm. like Dakota or even possibly yourself doesn't have. I, I I try not to speak. I, I have my opinion, hmm. but I've let Dakota kind of take the rein with, with that just because sometimes it's not my place to, even if I agree with the message that heritage is, is, putting out there because i i came up with the concept of the song during the black lives matter riots and yeah. seeing the people like you 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 know black lives matter and then all lives matter but but really those same people that are waving all lives matter flags are waving confederate flags and they're waving whatever other kind of the the, the flags that you see and you should as a human being being like that that flag means something that's not good you know like whether it's the Nazi flag or the Confederate flag, mm-hmm. but there's these people that we're like, well, it's our heritage, and it's like, yeah, but your heritage stood for keeping people enslaved, uh, mass genocide, like, like things that things that just aren't acceptable in the world today. And you're like, oh yeah, but the but the Duke boys had it on their their car, and that oh that, that that's a, that's what makes it that's what makes it okay. And you know, and I, and I, would just, yeah. I was just yeah, I'm just so. Sick of seeing that. and When I brought that idea, I was like, "That that song honestly was on the chopping, the cutting, the cutting room floor." Just because I was like, "Do we want to like?" Because we've always been a band that's about like your mental health and and about like you know overcoming depression and you know. But that song to me is imagine imagine being an African American that you know you spend your whole life being you know you're, you're living in the South or you're living in a, in a in a racist area and you spend your whole life being afraid or you know just every interaction we have with a police officer you're scared because you see all over the news you know African Americans getting murdered you know in Grand Rapids there was just a huge thing that just happened with uh, an unarmed man getting shot in the back of the head uh, by a police officer while he was on the ground and like we're, we're, we're days away from a riot happening in this city because it's just like people are sick of this shit like we're sick of We're sick of these, you know, no one being held accountable. Mm -hmm. And when you say your heritage is more important than that, it's just, it's not, you know, those statues from the civil war aren't, they're just statues, man. There, there, there's nothing about them that brings um, positive change to the world. they just remind us of the darkness that we had, you know, in the past. And I, I think that for me, Heritage was a song that was important, but I was also very scared because I I don't like controversy, but it was a song I felt needed to be written. And when I talked to Dakota about it, he's like, absolutely. Like, if he wouldn't have been yeah. on board with it, I would have been like, you're right. I will. We'll, we'll do something else with it. But he, you know, we went to the protests and we went to, you know, we, we, were, we were on the side of Black Lives Matter. And. And it was just the hatred that was we were seeing from the other side, just because we were wanted people to be held accountable for their actions was just it, it was sick, man. It was a sickening feeling.
1: Yeah, it, it's bigger than just what's on the service, right? Like, just be a human being. You know, it they're they're yeah. classifying themselves into one subject, and it's like, yeah, and they're sticking by it. That's what mm-hmm. infuriates you. That's what infuriates me. And and hey. You're talking about you were kind of scared when putting that song on the record, right? Listen yeah. to what I just said. Why did I bring that song up to you? Think about it because yeah. it struck with someone like me. Fuck your right. heritage. I mean, that message. Like, I felt like there's some really emotional songs on this album, Tyler, but Heritage stuck with me the most. Like, and you guys place it towards the end of the end of the album, and that kind of just like, oh shit, I'm ready for more now, you know? Because that was a fucking right. heavy song. The way it was delivered. Um, I think that's gonna, I can't wait to hear it live. <laughs> so, uh, and you, know,
0: you actually, if you, it's funny because if you come see us in Austin, you'll hear that and you'll hear Changeling cause we're playing Changeling on August Burns red. Dude, so we're playing both sorry, I'm times.
1: like, I'm not going to have my coffee here. Um, uh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> dude, I'll, I'll be there in Austin, by the way, uh, that's on a Saturday. So, um, but dude, uh, that, that is great. I love that you had that message in there. It really, you know, nowadays it's like, you always have to like, kind of be careful. You don't trigger certain people yeah i
0: yeah
1: it, dude remember when we talked about 2005 we didn't have that yeah. shit back in 2005
0: <laughs> no we also didn't have facebook we didn't have twitter we didn't very
1: true very all true.
0: these things you know and and i think it's easy for people to listen to heritage and get angry because they're like they're talking about southerners we're not talking about southerners no, we're talking no. about the the small group of because i would say you know for the most part down south, I don't see very many Confederate flags. You know, it's
1: like it's like you see them. I haven't you, seen one here yet. I'm in Dallas, yeah. bro. So I, I've I've been to El Paso, uh, I've been to Austin, Houston. I haven't seen any. I mean, you know, it's, and
0: it's it's we're talking about a very small group of people now. They like honestly, time. you the Confederate people, the 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 rebellious flag, the Confederate flag. Those people are in the minority now. You mm-hmm. know, like I feel like they're as much as we get. I feel like we get more comments of being like, oh, they're so woke. You know, you guys are woke because now that's the the obsession now is that people are woke because they're uh, anti-racist. It's like, okay, I'm I'm against racism. So that makes makes me woke. Well, I'm not if if I'm not talking about you, then why are you upset? You know, that's the thing is, like, if you're upset, there's a there's some there's some reason that you're upset. You know, we're talking about you in some kind of fashion and, you know, and we're not talking about all Republicans. We're not talking about we're talking about racists. If you are not a racist, then there should be no reason you're upset by this song. We're not talking about taking away your guns. We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about Trump. We're not talking about Biden. We're not talking. It's not us. We're not. It's literally just about those people who take that flag and say, this is my heritage. It stands for something. But they refuse to acknowledge that it stood for keeping an entire race of people chained so that they could have free labor, you know? It's, and they don't have an
1: answer for that. Let me, let me tell you that when you actually bring it up, they don't, they kind of just revert back. Well, it's my heritage. And then you're just in that vicious, vicious cycle. I gave up trying have, to, yeah. uh, you know, make reason with those individuals. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, they're out there, you know, it's, uh, it's just, I don't know. And that's why I'm,
0: we're, that's why we're not like, that's why if you go to like all the comments and stuff, you don't, I'm very like vocal and I l- I love
1: I, I used to be like that. I don't. I don't even. Yeah. Do, I, I kind I of. Try just not,
0: like... <laughs> I, I'm getting to that point where it's like it's not worth it anymore. And yeah. I was I was given extreme instructions not to say anything on this song. So you 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 just can go to you can see these people screaming at themselves into the void. But luckily, like you'll go to like our Instagram or something, and you'll have people be like, someone will say something why they're they're upset about it, and like they be like, why are you upset? Are you racist? And like like you know. And it's just like the the fans are doing it for me, so I don't have to. Sorry, uh, yeah, I'm laughing. I'm laughing
1: because this is something we've seen for the last two years, and it's 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 comical to me now that it, it, it's just gonna. Yeah. It's a thing now. It's just stop it, it already. Is. It's like, such one.
0: It's, well, it's like those people. Like you're a snowflake, but while they're like bitching and complaining that that you said something they didn't like, you know, they're offended, but they're you're the snowflake. Mm-hmm. So you know, it, I think that's why Heritage came to be because that you know summer of 2020 was like. It was everyone wild. it was so divided. Like,
1: everyone was on edge too you know, between some... and leading COVID, up to the election.
0: Oh yeah, dude, it was just like and it was the most toxic time I think I'd ever I've ever lived. <clears throat>
1: yep.
0: and that that's really why heritage came to be because like you know I, I I'm not like super political I'm not I'm not on one side or the other. I'm kind of more you know I, I, I agree with things on both sides when they're not to the fucking extreme. You know, I'm not like, you know, when you got liberals out here that are just far extreme as the the super far right people, you know, and it's like those people are just as crazy as the other people. And I I, I just try to like I, what I view myself as I just want to be a good person. You know, I, I feel like everyone should be equal. Everyone should have the option to get married. You know, you should have the option to own guns. You should have the option to smoke your weed. You should have the option like these things that really aren't aren't they it's make like you're so classified
1: based on what you just said you know what whatever you Run. do you're put in that s- certain group it's like i don't want to be in a certain group stop putting yeah. me in that certain group it's and i feel like right. it's, we're seeing that a lot more and you saw that a lot within uh at least for my peers i mean like i didn't even know about <laughs> you know i knew about a lot a lot about, about my peers after all those events unfolded. i was like whoa i didn't realize you were
0: I lost a lot of friends mm-hmm. like friends, you know, like I lost right. a lot of acqu- acquaintances, you know, like a lot of people's ugly sides came out during all that time. And it was like, Bro. wow, I didn't, I didn't know you were such a piece of shit. <laughs> like, like yeah. you know, like, and we see that, you know, like we're seeing that now with his, his name is Patrick. I don't know how to say his like Leo, Leoya. you might hear about him in the news sometime, but hmm. you know, he just got murdered. Like I was saying, he got murdered in Grand Rapids and the police officer, you know, isn't being held accountable yet. And you have all these people that are like, well, he shouldn't have resisted. It's like, he's a human being, you know, like doesn't mean he deserves to die, you know, sure. Arrested, you know, get in trouble for resisting arrest or whatever, but it doesn't mean he should die because of it, you know? And it was just like, just people are so ugly and, I, I don't. I try not yeah. to associate with those people, but it's yeah. when you're living in this so this hyper social world that everyone's got to say what they think, even though they wouldn't say that to your face. You know, it's 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 taxing, and I think that with heritage coming out like around the time that it is, it's like it's it's it just speaks to like us as people. We don't we don't condone that kind of that kind of uh, the racism and the the systemic racism within the within the system because de- Democrat Republican, there's yeah racism. you're subjected
1: to a certain uh, label depending on yeah. what you support. You know, yeah. like I'm a human being, you're a human being. We just love doing what
0: we do. I'm not perfect. I'm sure you're not perfect. No, I'm not sure. at all. You know, and, and, and I, I love that... not
1: being perfect. That's the best part. That's the best yeah, part. I mean, I'm, we're both both of us. We're both improving ourselves each and every day. I learned so much more about. And that's why with, with my podcast here, with this publication, it's not just about the music. It's getting the authenticity of someone like you talking about what you love to do. You know, you know, it's just, it's never just another interview. It's always about more than just that what's underneath, you know, why you do what you do. And it's something that I owe it to myself to, you know, speak to awesome people like you, but you know, it's, that's what makes it amazing because we we're loving what we do and we get to talk about it. We get to display what we love to do to the people who, you know, who are following us who are also wanting Absolutely. to be a better version of themselves by following our footsteps sometimes you know and I learned so much about myself as much as I'm learning from you you know that's what I love about it and
0: I'm learning I learn new things all the time man about yeah. myself and even if it I means getting
1: hit by a vehicle <laughs> so yeah yeah and both of us I, have
0: <laughs> sometimes I don't like what I learn but that I think that as long as you're a person that isn't delusional and can and and, and can see those flaws that you have the opportunity to change those things, you know, the, the you know, they say the first step is acceptance, you know, mm-hmm. you got to accept that you're not a perfect person and that, you know, you just strive to be better, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, you know, but you have, I have an entire lifetime to like figure out my flaws and fix them. And as long as I'm willing to change, you know, you got to be willing to change. That's, that's what changeling's about. You know, it's like, I was going to quote that.
1: Is, I was going to quote, uh, it's time to take a stand. I was going to quote that yeah, song.
0: It's that song. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't mind talking about it a little bit. Cause I think that it's a good plug for the song. That song is about changing, you know, like, mm. like even if it's hard, even if it hurts, like you have to, or you're going to be stuck, you know, in the quicksand of life, you know, slowly, slowly succumbing to your flaws, you know, because if you don't, if you don't see that there needs to be changed, then you won't change. And then you're just, you know, it's a vicious yeah. cycle over and over and over. And I've been there, you know, I've been to the, like, I need to change, but then I refuse to take the steps necessary to change. And I think that's why I wrote a song like Changeling, because it's like, it's to hold myself accountable. It's like, when you read that, those lyrics, it's like, I, I, I want to be a little bit more positive. And, that, and that's probably our most positive song we've written, you know, cause it's, it was like, I was, at the time i was just like i need to do things to change or i'm gonna be stuck in the same hole forever
1: the bridge of that song towards the final act is a thing of beauty who wrote that riff by the way i, I know that song's not out yet but who wrote that uh that was a wrote beautiful- everything. okay that was a beautiful riff i kept going back to that that was a song i kept repeating over and over anyway uh great song i know that's not a single yet but you can make it a single if you want, um. Uh, but but man, Tyler, uh, we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome interview, bro. Thank you so much for, you know, finally we got to connect after all these years. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, took 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 me long enough to get you on our podcast. But you know, thank you so much for sharing about who you are about and what Holofront is all about. You know, and you know from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline you have taken, in which we have discussed about. You know, performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and work with during these records, you know, you guys are breaking the doors open here with these two albums, making your presence felt, you know, you know, and the fan reception I've seen, the growing community within your music. I'm excited to see where you guys go from here. You know, this is definitely something that you have a passion for. And mm-hmm. the truth is, is from what I'm seeing, you've experienced plenty already in your career, man. And then some two albums. But bro. Have your aspirations as a musician, hell, as a human being, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, you see things differently today.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can, you know, when I first started performing, I was 14. And I didn't know shit about shit. I thought about shit, but I didn't. Um, Even, like, I'll start from the beginning of Hollow Front, like, like my aspirations have definitely changed and I've changed as a person. Cause even if you go back and read the lyrics from Home Wrecker versus the lyrics on the price of dreaming, like it's just not the same person. Like I've, you know, and I, I, I feel good about that because that person I was during Home Wrecker wasn't, I did, I did things that I'm not proud of. You know, I, mm-hmm. I said things and I, I, I acted a certain way that isn't really um, who I am. And, I am just glad that I could release that anger because I was holding on to it. Like it was, you know, like white knuckling that anger. And I was like, I'm going to hold on to this forever because I deserve to be angry, but it's like, you know, with my divorce and stuff, you know, my ex-wife deserved to be happy and I deserve to be happy. And, and I, you know, I just let go of all that anger and, you know, I'm still, I still struggle with depression, but I've dealt with that my whole life. And I think I've, I've come to a point where it's like, I know that it's going to be a part of me, um, but I need to just focus on the good things that are going to keep me moving forward instead of holding on to the past, which is something I've done, you know, a lot. I've written songs about that, you know, holding on to the past, you know, and like even like wearing thin, I'll quote that, you know, I think it's time for me to let go, you know, and it's just, it's just that, that's how I view, you know, myself now versus myself when hollow front started you
2: know yeah.
0: I, I didn't want to let go i wanted to hold on to that anger and kind of let it feel me and but it didn't feel me in the right way you know it filled it me musically but like personally like i struggled to you know i still struggle with relationships and stuff but at that time it was bad you know i was just like very i was self-centered around my anger and my hurt and i wasn't really like cognizant of other people's feelings you know Mm -hmm. and I think that I've allowed myself to to grow and and gain a perspective that I didn't have when HoloFront started and it's helped me in my professional career too because you know you don't want to you don't want to be that guy that's just like you know fuck people and fuck everybody and you know people are beautiful and even if they're sometimes horrible you know
1: yeah um man uh you couldn't have said that any better. Now we're going to end this interview on a pretty fun note. We've been serious, man. Let's tone it down. All right. We're going to, we're going to do right. this thing here. That's, that surprise I was talking to you about. Yeah, I'm going to do something here called the lightning round. All right. I'm going to go down the list. You just have to think quick on your feet. I'm going to ask you a question. You have to pick one or the other. Okay.
0: All right.
1: All right. Some of these are very simple. Some of these are just downright stupid. That, that's what makes it fun. All right, here we go. All right, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> what's the capital of Michigan? Lansing. All right, that was a test question. Green or blue? Blue. Vegan or meat? Meat. Coffee or tea? Tea. Cats or dogs? Cats. <laughs> Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? Fuck. There, here we go. Oh!
0: Lord of the Rings because the ending was better.
1: Oh shoot! There we go. All right, I gotta hold. I gotta hold. I gotta hold it. I gotta. I can't. I can't continue. All right. You're in Michigan. I know a very popular thing there is pizza. I'm here in Texas. Would you pick pizza or barbecue? Barbecue. Climb a mountain or jump from a plane?
0: I've jumped from a plane, so I'd, I'd rather do that. Climbing that seems like too hard. Yeah, same here. Country or hip hop? Hip hop.
1: If you were to spend one day in the world of the last video game you played. Where would you be and would you survive?
0: Uh, I would be in uh, Horizon Forbidden West and I would Dude, be dumped by a dinosaur. Is,
1: <laughs> I have not played that game yet. I, I played the first Horizon religiously, religiously. Right. And and uh, I picked up Elden Ring on accident because now it's consuming my life and I don't have a life anymore because of that game.
0: <laughs> well, you'd be dead a lot if that was the last <laughs> game you played. you like con- continuously <laughs> dying over and over. i why- I
1: would be dead. <laughs> with the Elden ring all right uh halloween or christmas halloween la or new york
0: new york LA's <laughs> will-, <laughs> <the show. laughs> will
1: smith or chris rock
0: <laughs> oh damn i still pick will smith
1: <laughs> would you rather be able to move things with your mind or know the future
0: move things with my mind
1: these get ridiculous. If Voldemort offered to give you a hug, would you accept?
0: Yes, because I feel like he, did, he needed a hug.
1: Yeah, I feel like we could change Tom Riddle's world by doing uh, that, right? All right. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals?
0: Oh, speak every language in the world because you could you could make that into a career. I'd be rich. There
1: you go. I, I've <laughs> had people say, well, I already talked to my dogs or cats. So I guess I can speak every language in the world. So, All right, last one. I love this one. There's a time machine in front of you, Tyler. It says the destination is the first concert you've ever attended. Where are you? And what do you remember the most about that day? Oh, boy. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> first concert I ever attended was Kid Rock and Dope.
1: And would do, <laughs> do you take the trip? Would you take the trip? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was wondering, like, how did you, did you go with friends? Did you go by yourself? I no was ten,
0: I, I was 10 years old. My dad took me. My dad took me to see Kid Rock and Dope, and I left that concert being like, "Ah, oh, Dope's sick!" And then I realized when I got older that Dope's not sick. <laughs> Kid <laughs> Rock, you know, I, I you know I was ten, so Kid Rock, you're yeah. like, Cowboy Baby. You what, know what year?
1: What year was this? Do you remember the year? year?
0: The year two thousand. I was I had just turned ten. It was like maybe two weeks after I turned ten, and I was yeah. I went to see them, and it was the Bay Am, arena. In grand rapids yeah, i'm 31 and yeah it was in van Andel arena in grand rapids and i remember i the only thing i got from the whole concert was a dope cd i didn't get any kid rock merch i just got a dope cd and i listened to that shit a lot and yeah fuck kid rock
1: <laughs> do you uh do you have like pictures from that day the ticket stuff like just i don't know if you're sentimental I, like me i like stuff like you know
0: that. i've I've been very bad at that. Probably
1: not that show.
0: <laughs> me and my dad, you know, like, I love my dad to death, but he's very, yeah. like, emotionally unavailable, I feel like, so we've never, we don't have many pictures together, and uh-huh. like, you would you would think, like, if I went, if I took my kids to a concert, I think I'd have, like, a bunch of pictures with them, but yeah, me and my dad didn't have any pictures together um, from that, and yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I wish, <laughs> yeah, the concert I went to very soon after that was honestly better, but it was, like, the Nickelodeon, like, uh, it was like a Nickelodeon put on concert, but it had yeah. like, like, uh, LFO and like wow. a lot of like those, like, like a lot of those really like bottom tier boy bands and stuff. Um, I Man, wish those, I could say those that were was,
1: the days, dude. I mean, I wish
0: I could say that that was my first concert, but it wasn't. It was the Kid let's, Rock. And, let's,
1: let's pretend. I feel like you would take the trip, like, you would go back and like hang out with your younger self. That's another. I always get artists like, "Oh well, can I go back and like hang out with myself?" I'm like, sure, but <laughs> re- I would just be reliving like, the whole experience. That's a whole different thing.
0: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Kid Rock uh, can suck a bag of dicks, in my opinion. So, uh, <laughs> he's no from comment. Detroit too, you know. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm like, oh
1: man. Uh, yeah, I love that question, but, uh, dude, uh, so we're out of time here, man. This has been great. I mean, I mean, I can't wait to do this. I appreciate the,
0: yeah, no, for real. And Hey, uh, you know, I'll just say this, put this out here. Mm -hmm. If you want to come and hang out in Austin or wherever, hit me up, you know, hit me up on Instagram and I'll, we'll get you a uh, pass to come chill. And if you want to do the hot wings thing, uh, I would. Maybe not participate, but I would watch my bandmates participate. I don't know, dude. uh, I'm
1: telling you, when you see it there, you probably want to join in. You're the front man, so just all right. Well, I will
0: think, I will think long and hard over the next three months.
1: Put it this way, okay? We'll stay in touch on the socials, right? But put it this way: you're like me. I'm in my thirties, you know, and I don't eat that shit anymore. But let's let's do it for each other. I'll take one dab of Da Bomb. I don't know if you heard of the Da Bomb hot sauce. We use that. That's uh, also terrible. so. That's also on hot ones. So just a dab of it, and <laughs> we'll do it after the show. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe maybe we can even bring I will, like. ABR. I will keep
0: an. I will keep an open mind.
1: Yes, and you're gonna be. Was it? I see it here. July 30th at Emos. Emos. Have you have you seen Emos before? Have you been there? I've never. That is,
0: I've never been there.
1: Classic venues of classic venues in Austin. That is where you want to be. Sweet. Um. But man, last do you time have any... I played
0: Austin, it yeah. was a dirty dog bar and they they're closed down now.
1: Yeah, Emos they killed them. Emo's is a very good, solid sized venue. It's it's almost has like House of Blues vibe. Um, the All stage right. stage is up, like it's I'm a short dude, so it's gonna be like up top. When I'm I'll be snapping you guys doing photography there at that show, but it's a it's oh, a yeah, really good sized venue. You can I think there's a bar on the right side. It has a very like I say, it's not very house of blues vibe. That's the venue you want to play at. You're playing at one of the most classic venues on a Saturday night in Austin. It's going to just going to oh, be crazy, nice. man. We need shit to go crazy, but man, do you have any like last words? Just any shout outs, anything like the plug in or mention as far as hollow front and the new album before we finish things off here. I don't know. Music video coming out soon. I don't know what you can't oh, say. Just, but... We just
0: released heritage. And yep. That's going to be, that's going to be the last single before the album drops. Uh, you know it's our it's a controversial song, so if you like controversy, go listen to that one. Love it. Uh um, It's weird
1: thinking May is next month. I can't believe we're. I
0: know, yeah. May twenty seventh, the album comes out. That's really like that's all I can plug, man. Just go. You can uh, pre order at twenty four hundred dot net is what it is. It's yep. like the UNFD website. And Shout out to uh, UNFD right,
1: too. You guys are yeah, with a good label. That's you're, thank you. you're, you're, yeah, you're, you're in good hands with them.
0: They're awesome. I have a meeting with them in a in a couple hours, so I'm excited yeah. to talk to them. Um, yeah, we have, we have that, we have like pre-order merch up, you know, with vinyls. If you're a vinyl collector, you know, go ahead and snap, snag one of those before they're gone. And yeah, I mean, just follow us at, uh, at hollow front or just honestly, the best way to do it, Google. Go to Google. Type hollow front. We're the only hollow front band. It's not
1: 20, 2005 and, anymore. All right, that's been yeah, like You can go right there. That's been the like main ask, subject of the interview. It's not two thousand five.
0: <laughs> there's no ass jeeves. You just go right to Google and dude. Got... I use
1: that a lot too. Back in the day, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god! Now talking about flashback Friday, man. Um, oh yeah, bro. But man, I'll keep you posted once this episode airs. You can share it with awesome. all your fans. It's going to be worldwide for everyone to hear. And everyone who's listening, this is Tyler Tate from Hollow Front. Do us a favor. Buy the price of dreaming because the bands can't do it without your help. It goes a long way. And when you purchase the record, I still buy records that are like sitting in the corner of my room. Like I'm, I'm a hard copy kind of guy, but Appreciate that drops it, yeah. on May 27th out on UNFD uh, man. Tyler, thank you again from the bottom of my heart, man. This has been awesome. Uh, we <laughs> this has been over like an hour. I can't believe it's been yeah. an hour, but we're going to do this again. Maybe the wings interview. I'll keep you posted, man. So stay all soon. right. Yep. All right, yep, take it easy. Talk to you later,
2: buddy. Bye. Yeah, bye.